Boomer Esiason is brought to you this week by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody by Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh since 1860. By Zudi, build any app your company needs in one week. Visit Zudi.com for details. By McFarlane Energy, check out their home heating oil incentives at McFarlaneEnergy.com. And Boomer is brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros. And he joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Morning, Boomer. Hey, guys. Good morning up there in New England. Snowy New England, I might add. Uh, I can't really hear this morning, and uh, I've lost a little bit of my voice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we could put you right next to a giant speaker for this interview if you'd be more, if you'd be more comfortable, Boomer. All right, I've got to take you inside the real wheel, okay? Yeah. We had no idea that was happening. And I have to tell you, when JB started the halftime and almost fell off of his seat, I was crying laughing. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, I really was. And um, and then I was trying to read Phil's lips, and, and I couldn't read those. And then uh, Coach Cower went. I could. I was just following his jaw because that's all I could see. And then Nate, who was sitting right next to me, I couldn't hear anything. And then finally, I just had to say what I think everybody out in America was thinking. Hell, I couldn't hear a thing they said. <laughs> <laughs> so I had oh, no you did idea. a good job. As always, you did a good job. Oh my God, I, it was unbelievable. I, I I wanted to talk a little bit about the dynasty that that isn't yet. Yeah, and and, uh, and the Chiefs. And does it just show you what uh, how incredible what the Patriots were able to do over twenty years here was? Oh yeah, I mean, like it's ridiculous. I don't think it will ever be uh, matched. Although, you know, the Chiefs hosting four straight AFC Championship games. It's never been done in either conference. So, and and Andy Reid has played in nine uh, NFC Championship games as a coach, and I thought he made a really critical error at the end of the first half. He let Patrick Mahomes talk him into going for a touchdown, as opposed to just taking three right there. Because really, what happens in a situation like this, and Jermaine knows this, uh, you know, the the momentum shifts. Like all of a sudden, the Bengals finally make a play, and it's at the end of the first half. They keep them out of the end zone, and they had scored a, t- a touchdown on the previous. Uh, offensive series for the Bengals, and now they go into the locker room, and they are just totally stoked because they feel like they're in the game. They're only down 11. And uh, coming out of the locker room, we ran into Lou Anarumo. He is the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. I said, Lou, what's up? He goes, man, we just got to tackle better. <laughs> Little did I know that he was going to have a totally different game plan in the second half, and he held on to it. He told Coach Cowery he held on to it, didn't show any of it in the first half, knew that it was going to be a rough first half, and then in the second half, really adjusted. And met for most of the, the second half, they only rushed three players. And Patrick was getting a little bit confused. He uh, threw a, a few bad balls that were inaccurate. And then, of course, they had the two interceptions. And the first one by B.J. Hill completely got the Bengals back into the game. And then finally, the offense could settle down. And then the next thing you know, their kicker is lining up to kick the game winner in overtime, which is amazing. And finally... We had a defensive player make a play in overtime, for God's sake, <laughs> and got his uh, quarterback and the team the ball back in Von Bell. So, uh, all in all, you know, I'm pretty happy this morning. And you know, I didn't realize how much of a Bengal fan I still was. <laughs> uh, it's been so long, but uh, watching them win and celebrate on that field and going into the locker room and congratulating them, it was uh, it was really surreal. Anybody know who you were? <laughs> they knew who I was, man. How could they not? I'm all over the place. But they're making me irrelevant with each win. So I don't know how much more time I have to celebrate all this stuff. I saw Icky Woods out there, so he was a former teammate. And he's like uh, he's, he's almost like the team mascot right now. Uh, and he's, he's the, lucky, uh, the lucky charm for them. So it was great to be around all those guys and great to – 
see my old team finally after 33 years get back to the Super Bowl. Well, Boomer, you talk about your old team, and I think the one thing that we were able to see yesterday in that game, you know, both by Kansas City and obviously Cincinnati is the performance of the quarterbacks, but especially Joe Burrow and, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and that that team and that ability to kind of not give up and make plays. You know, what does it say about Joe Burrow? I think they said he was the first quarterback in NFL history to take a team to the Super Bowl in his second year as a yeah. start or something like that. So, But what does it say about him as a quarterback in the future of the Cincinnati Bengals team. Well, I'm going to take you back two years ago, and uh, when they were getting ready to draft him, he brought the Heisman Trophy into the NFL today. Uh, the Bengals were in the midst of a, just an awful season that was Zach Taylor, their coach's first year. They only had won two games. And I handed him the Bengal helmet, and I said, now go fix our dysfunctional family, will you please? <laughs> and uh, I did the same thing to Carson Palmer way back when in the early 2000s. And Carson came close a couple times and then just got, you know, had a really serious injury in one of our uh, the playoff games against the Steelers. But... You know, this kid was a natural. You know, he's from Athens, Ohio, which is about two and a half hours outside of Cincinnati. And Wiggy, he was an all-state point guard. And, you know, Ohio's got great basketball. And when you're an all-state point guard and you're the all-state quarterback and you go to Ohio State, um, I mean, you're a pretty special kid. Now, he ended up transferring from there because Dwayne Haskins, I believe, ended up getting a scholarship to Ohio State. And I think he saw the writing on the wall that they probably promised Dwayne Haskins that he was going to be able to play. And I'm like... Man, what are those coaches at Ohio State looking at? So he goes to LSU and may may have played on the greatest single uh, football team that we've ever seen in college football. He had three unbelievable wide receivers and a running back. And, you know, he just he finally matured into the, the quarterback that he was. So I thought it was a, you know, it was a no-brainer for the Bengals to take him. Um, he, he showed out in that national championship game, and he really played well his first year last year, and then he got hurt. And I think the owner, Mike Brown, saw that he had – a nice combination between Zach Taylor, the young offensive coach who was the quarterback coach for the Rams when they played against the uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and now they had this young quarterback and they put them together, and it's really a, a perfect match. Boomer, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes an unreal talent, but it seemed like at the end of the game he couldn't get anything done, and a lot of headlines I saw after the game and then this morning are when you play a young or when you pay a young guy like that that much money, it changes them. I don't know if I buy into that, but I wanted to know your thought uh, when you look at these young players and once they once they hit that massive contract, do you think that that plays into anything when it comes to a player not being able to get it done at the end of a game? Not with him, Courtney. I, th- I think he's a terrific guy. I think he's a terrific player, and, and I don't think he's changed at all. Now, maybe the people around him have changed, and they want to be on social media making asses of themselves. I don't know. <laughs> But you know, the fact of the matter, he's a he's a great player. He is uh, a really good person. Uh, he's he's driven. There's no question about it. Now, you know, I, I've often said that you know Peyton Manning took the um, the passion for the game, the energy for the game, the understanding of the game at our position, specifically quarterback, to a to a certain level, and then all of a sudden Tom Brady took it to a completely different level, and it became all about his health and taking care of himself off the field and everything of that nature. And, you know, uh, now the rest of these guys are all trying to follow in those footsteps. And I'm sure that Patrick is didn't get any sleep last night. I'm sure he's miserable this morning, just like Josh Allen uh, was after that game yesterday, thinking that if the Bengals were in Buffalo, they would have beat them. But, you know, at the end of the day, Joe Burrow is just Joe Cool and just outplayed him. Speaking of young quarterbacks, as Courtney was, how much does the departure of Josh McDaniels affect the future performance of Mac Jones? Uh, you know, it could be big, man. You know, you guys asked me two weeks ago, should Josh McDaniels take the Raider job? What did I say? You said yes. 
one hundred percent take it, man. Money talks and BS walks. You know that. Um, so I'm I'm happy for Josh and certainly happy for uh, you know what he's accomplished in in uh, Patriot Land, and I'm I'm really looking forward to see what he does his second time around and what he learned from the previous mistakes that he made at Denver. You know, drafting Tim Tebow in the first round, Jesus. Uh, but anyway, um, be that as it may, uh, he he deserves a second chance, but. It will impact Mac. There's no question about it. I, I think the combination of McDaniels and Belichick is about as good as it gets in the NFL. It's as high level as it gets. Uh, the systems make the players better, but the players have to adhere to the systems. They have to buy in, and and for some reason, uh, you know, the quarterback there for the last 22 years, maybe maybe not last year, but uh, you're you know, with uh, Mac Jones, he bought in and he took it to another level. So I think it's good that Mac at least had a year with Josh. Now the question is, who will be calling the plays? Who is going to be running the offense? And that's that's the real big question now for New England moving forward. And who do you think it should be? That's hard for me to say. I don't know if Bill O'Brien's the guy that I've heard out there. We were talking about that this weekend. I don't know if he comes back. You know, Bill will have something lined up. You know, Bill is always prepared. He's always prepared, and he never really lets anybody into his inner thinking and the way things are going to shake out. But I would think it's either somebody that's already on the staff that we don't even know about or maybe he brings back one of his old assistants and and lets them come up and you know kind of rekindle uh, their career uh, being the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Well, I mentioned at the start of the show this morning that it was an emotional roller coaster of a weekend for Chris Curtis because of Tom Brady. Do you, <laughs> yeah. uh, do, you do you think he's played his final snap? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I, I also realized that Tom Brady, for the most part, didn't want this out right now. I mean, he didn't want to in any way, shape, or form distract from the games uh, of this weekend. You know, he has a healthy respect for the league and the players that are playing, and he knows how hard it is, and all you have to do is listen to him after games, win or lose, he's always the same guy. So um, I think he was probably a little bit embarrassed by all of this. There's also a money component to it. Um, I think uh, up until February 4th, when February 4th comes, he gets a bonus attached to his last contract. So it behoove him to keep his mouth shut and not say anything, just wait until after February 4th. But, you know, I guess we'll find out a little bit more this week, but I do believe that there's real legitimacy to all the stories. Boomer, yesterday the NFC Championship game is kind of Matthew Stafford erased uh, a lot of what people thought of him as far as, you know, this guy, you know, being a good quarterback but never really being able to take his team to the next level after yesterday's performance with the Rams now going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he's also got the right coach, Wiggs. Uh, you know, McVay's a maniac, and you know he's really an upbeat, high-energy guy, and that's exactly what Matthew needed because he's not that guy. You know, he just wants to play quarterback. He wants to be, you know, quiet. He, you know, he doesn't ever, never really, I never thought of him anyway as like a real out-front A-type personality. I, I thought he had a unbelievable arm. I thought he was a really good player in just a dysfunctional franchise, and they always brought in coaches that never accentuated who really, who he was and the support that he needed. And now McVay's got him, and McVay is, you know, he's a maniac. And he's perfect for Matthew Stafford. He's the, he's the personality of the team. He's the face of the franchise, not so much the quarterback, but he's also a great offensive play caller. But unfortunately, after watching last night's game, I think uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be talked about in San Francisco, and one of those is Jimmy G and where he ends up, because I can't believe that Kyle Shanahan will keep him, even though I thought Kyle Shanahan got conservative late in that game and really sh- I-, I thought should have won for it when they had that fourth and two, and he didn't go for it, and and I, I ended up punting it away, and I just thought right then and there the game was lost. And Kyle will probably you know 
feels miserable about it, but and he'll probably put it on his quarterback. The other thing, too, to watch there is what happens with John Lynch, their, um, their general manager. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if John goes back into television um, anytime soon. Um, you know, he's had a really great run there, and there's a really a lot of quality front office people out of He may be tired of doing what he's doing, too, so that's something to watch here in the offseason as well. You talk about Jimmy G this offseason, obviously like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, if you want if you want to include him in that. A lot of quarterbacks on the move. Do you think the Pats show interest in any of them? No, no, they got their quarterback. Okay. Uh, they have their guy, and there's no reason to even bring anybody in like that. You know, Brian Hoyer, if they want to keep him there, he's a really good understudy, and he knows the offense, and he can also act as a de facto coach and help uh, Mack in his second year. But I, I think those quarterbacks are going to end up, uh, I don't know if all of them are going to end up somewhere else. I don't think Russell Wilson will. Um, it seems like things are thawing in Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers is going to need a new contract there because he's the $46 million cap hit right now. And then, of course, uh, you know when you think about Deshaun Watson, who knows? I, I, nobody knows what's happening there. Nobody can seem to get a real good handle on it. Speaking of showing interest, do you think CBS has a seat for one Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wants to do that. I can tell you that right now. Man, if I made as much money as he did, I wouldn't be doing it either. I mean, who would you get rid of? Nobody, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully we're here for another 10 years. i got a lot of energy. I hope you guys aren't going anywhere either. All right, you never know in this business, Boomer. You know how it goes. Yeah, I've been around for 22 years, so I'm, I'm, I'm handling it pretty good. I've made it pretty far. So if they told me tomorrow I had to leave, I, I don't think I'd be crying. All right, who do you like? Well, of course, you know, I got to go with my Bengals. I mean, you know, yeah. but we still got two weeks to digest all of this. And, you know, the Rams are a great story. Um, I, you know, just there's something about Joe Burrow that just separates him now all, already in year two from so many that have played the position. His his demeanor is amazing. I congratulated him after the game last night. It was like, you realize what happened here, right? <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, you know, it's great, man. I can't wait until play, uh, you know, in a couple weeks. So he's pretty cool, and uh, I'm rooting for them, and it's just great for the city of Cincinnati to finally, like I said, get back into this thing after 33-year absence. All right. Well, I don't know. Are we talking to you next week? I don't know. Uh, not the, next week. Maybe the week after the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, it's always great having you on. We we love it every year, and um, we will we'll hopefully talk to you after the Super Bowl. All right, Boomer? All right, man. Sounds great, guys. Have a great week. Thanks, Boomer. See you, guys.